This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 349, and Sarah Vaughn returns to the show. Super excited to have Sarah Vaughn on the show. She was episode 283, if you want to go back and give the first episode I did with her a listen. And then she came on again, episode 302, with Steph Bruce and Alicia Montano to talk about motherhood and running for a panel we did with the Donna Foundation. So this is her third time on the show. If you don't know Sarah, she is a full-time realtor running at a very high level. She's the mom of four. In 2017, she made Team USA in the 1500 after having her third baby. She ran in the Olympic trials this summer in the steeplechase. And this past year, she has run everything from the 800 and she's about to run the marathon. She is debuting the marathon at CIM. And I'm so excited to cheer for her. It's really, really an exciting time for Sarah. So we hear about how her training has changed just a little. Actually, you know, she mentions in this episode, it hasn't changed all that much with training for the marathon. She's a pretty high mileage runner before, uh, but she debuted the half marathon as well this year. She's run a 117 and then a 115 on a hilly and very much at altitude course. And she is excited and in shape to run really fast at CIM. So it's going to be exciting to see what she can do for this debut marathon and then what that'll look like in the spring, depending on how the marathon goes. I always love talking to Sarah and she is just, she's super inspiring to me. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Gooder. This is my favorite place to get awesome sunglasses at an affordable price. If you go to gooder.com slash another, you can use the code another one five and that'll save you 15% off your order. They have all kinds of styles and fun colors and designs. And they also have some basic colors and designs so that if you just want to go neutral and chill, you can do that as well. I think you need one of each. I think you need a fun and I think you need a neutral. I love the breakfast run to Tiffany's shades. They're the runway style. They're black and then they have a little gold in them. I love those so much. That's pretty much my go-to. They have some great aviator styles as well. And actually, I was so excited. I have a yellow pair that's super fun and I was a banana for Halloween. And so I was able to wear my yellow shades with my banana costume, which just came together without planning. And that was super fun. Uh, This is a great stocking stuffer idea as well, or just like a gift for a sibling or just a neighbor, just a friend in your life that you want to look at that price point that's like 20, 30 bucks. This is a great gift idea. Go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another one five and that'll get you 15% off your order. All right, guys, enjoy my conversation with Sarah and leave us a rating and review on iTunes if you do enjoy the podcast. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy my conversation with Sarah. All right. We have a returning guest on the podcast today. We get to talk to Sarah Vaughn. Welcome back to the show, Sarah. 
Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I always like talking to you. Now you're a three-time returning guest because you came on with Steph and Alicia. That's right. So how's it going? What you look like you've been showing houses. I yes, I have. Um, I was in. I just came from my office. In fact, I was planning on doing this at my office, but was able to come home. All the kids are at school today. David's at preschool, so the house is actually quiet. Knock on wood. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. I love that. I'm a little bit jealous. I have two upstairs watching. What are they watching? Clifford. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's a good one. So, okay, listen, so much has happened in your life. Like since we last talked, you race the steeplechase at the Olympic trials. You're training for a freaking marathon. Like, whoa. So where do we even begin? First, listeners, if you have not listened to my first episode with Sarah, get an introduction to her story and all that. You need to go back and listen to that first and then come back to this episode where you can catch up with what's going on. So I guess let's start with training for a marathon. You're running CIM in three weeks. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited. I um, still have a very healthy respect for the distance, especially considering I've not yet done it. Um, So it's like this weird mix of newbie, nerves, uncharted territory, but like the training has gone really well. Like each passing week, I'm like, wow, I think I can really do this. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it also. Okay. So tell us for those aren't familiar with Sarah, she's like a 1500 meter specialist, really. So tell us why the marathon. Excellent question. Um, (laughs) You know, it's not as big of a leap as most people would assume. Although I do have always preferred racing middle distance. Um, I have progressed, you know, overall mileage load and weekly long runs and things like that over the last decade and a half to the point where my fall training and winter training looks pretty darn similar to marathon training anyway. Like starting in, I think 2017 when Brent, when my husband took over my training, we started sprinkling in 20 mile long runs and I had been doing 18 pretty consistently and, you know, for a couple of years and 16 before that. And I was doing 14 mile long runs in college. So it was like a natural progression and sort of the next logical step in, in aerobic training. And so since 2017, doing 20 mile long runs, first ones didn't go so well. Um, but then I've gotten better at them over the years. And I think even last fall, we did three or four of them over the winter and I just kept getting faster and nailing them a little better. And, um, training in Boulder, there's a ton of marathoners around and there's a ton of coaches that we collaborate with. And everybody is like, wow, that looks a lot like, you know, a marathoners long run. So the seed had been planted for years. And then I thought, as we sat down the beginning of the fall to plan fall training, um, my husband and I, you know, writing out all this mileage goals and all of that, I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to have a race at the end of this to make to make all these miles worth it. Because coming off of the summer, especially after the trials, I wasn't super motivated. And to put in all this months and months of work without racing, um, I don't know. I just needed something to look forward to. So the marathon in December, like the timing of it, you know, New York would have been too quick. Boston and Chicago were too, you know, too short of a buildup. So um, plus it's my first one and I don't really want to go race a world major and be chewed up and spit out. So <laughs> I was like, oh, the Cal, Cal makes sense. It's a mass start. Hopefully I have people to run with the whole way. And, um, yeah, it was just timing and hopefully that 
all, you know, all the training that looks pretty much like marathon training. Um, it all makes sense. Do you like long, long runs, like 20 milers? I didn't used to, like, I was pretty resistant to them. Um, I had a turning point in like 20, I think it was 2018. It was the year Allie Kiefer got fifth at the New York marathon. She was training here in Boulder and I did a run with her probably that following January. We did 20 miles at Magnolia drive, uh, this famous road west of Boulder. And I hung with her for 20 miles and felt like really good. And I was like, Oh, I guess I'm, I didn't like them because I was bad at them before. Like I was always getting dropped in college and always felt like I was just hanging on for dear life. And the better I got at them, the more I liked them. So that was a turning point for me, that long run with Allie. And then, like I said, I just kept getting better at them and handling them better. Mm -hmm. Like I would perform them well, but then I would come off of them better and better, you know, not being so beat up. Cause I think that one with Allie wrecked me for like a week, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, after that, being able to adapt and, you know, jump into a workout a few weeks later. And now it just feels normal. I've been doing them weekly for 10 weeks now. Weekly. So you do 20 every week. Well, I mean, I saw you're running like 110, 115 miles a week. Yeah. So the training, you know, once we dedicated to the marathon, we did change it a little bit, like from what we would normally do getting ready for a track season, we do maybe 10 to 30% more you know, in, in any given workout or mileage wise as well. So, um, we've also just been doing one workout a week and one long run that is sort of structured. So I haven't been doing two workouts a week, mm-hmm. like in normal track season. And then, you know, when we talked last time I was telling you, we do a nine day cycle and we've shortened that to seven and just do one workout and one long run. Okay. That's interesting. So you've shortened the cycle, but you've taken away a workout. Yeah, exactly. So lots more recovery. Well, I mean, it ends up being more recovery days overall in a training cycle. Um, but you know, the long runs much more integral to the marathon than, than a mile. So it makes sense to do them weekly. And it's also just worked out really well. Like the rhythm of it, the nine day cycle is great for training, not so great for planning your life around a day long run or whatever. So we've been doing Saturday long run, which has been beautiful. Um, as far as like hanging out with the family on Sunday and not being wrecked for work on Monday. And yeah, it just, it's made a lot of sense. Okay. So workout wise, what has changed? Are you doing more longer tempo type stuff, less shorter intervals? So it's a lot of the same workouts I'm familiar with, but we literally do 50% more reps. Okay. So like, for example, one of my first marathon workouts was we do um, a pretty staple workout every six to eight weeks during the fall and winter and it's mile and two mile repeats on grass um and usually I do eight miles worth and we did 12 miles worth okay and does so are you running them a little bit slower obviously because your capacity is different because you're doing so many I thought that that would be the case but the assignments have not been any slower (laughs) (laughs) how do you handle it I'm just adapting. I think all the mileage, you know, I think the, I think it's just fitness. I think it's just making jumps in fitness and, and doing a weekly long run and just like, uh, approaching fitness from the aerobic end of things. I'm just making jumps. Okay. So does it make you curious then? I know. So like your body would have to taper and everything like, wow, if I can do these reps at the same pace and so many more of them, what could I throw down for a 15 or a 5K? I'm definitely going back to the track in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we figured no matter how the marathon goes, all this training is still applicable. Yeah. You know, and I'm still making 
aerobic gains. So for sure. I mean, yeah, we, we talk about that weekly, what, what the track goals are going to be for the spring. So is this, do you feel like this is like reinvigorating your spirit for getting after it on the track after like, you know, so many big races this year, now you're doing this different goal, different focus. How do you feel about the track? Yeah. I mean, I miss, I miss the track. I miss being fast and doing those all out intervals. You know, I, we do strides maybe once a week, but it's just not the same as like a gritty speed session for the mile. So I'm, I miss that. And I think my body misses it. But what is appealing about the marathon is only having to race like twice per marathon cycle. I think, um, after the long summer I had and like ups and downs of racing, I, I'm, I'm less excited about the track season and all the travel, you know, traveling every other weekend. Uh, I had a hard time timing things this year when I was busy and when I wasn't. And sometimes it was just out of my control and I would go to these races and no, I probably shouldn't be there, but Mm. that was when it was, you know? So with a marathon only having to work things around one major race, um, I don't know. That part's appealing to me. Oh, I bet it is. The track as well. So I don't know. (laughs) Well, I guess maybe I guess we'll just see how it goes too. Yeah, I try. I mean, traveling for races, especially with four kids, like that is taxing on you and your husband. Yeah, logistically, it's not easy. Um, It's definitely not the same as having one kid. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like at one meet, at one point, I think it was my last meet at pre this year, somebody asked me where the kids were and all four of them were in four different places Yeah, um, because how it needed to work out. So, uh, that part's hard on me. And yeah. And like sure. emotions are spread out differently too, because like your kids are so many different ages. So like the thing that you might be missing with your 13 year old is totally different than the kind of thing you might be missing with the eight year old. So it's just like managing the emotions on your side as well. I mean, Cause I mean, that's just part of being a mom. You miss some things. Of course. Yeah. And it's a lot. And when it's every other weekend, I think by the end of the track season, every year, everybody's tired. Even the kids are like, we're traveling again. Yeah. Like, you just race. <laughs> um, I mean, that's part of it. Like if you want to be competitive in track, you have to be racing a lot. Yeah. Um, and of course I love it, but the, yeah, the, this whole buildup has just been kind of nice to train straight through and have that be the plan. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about your half marathons that you've run. You've done two. September mm-hmm. 30th, you did the 117, and then you just recently ran the 115. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was the first half like? How was that experience for you? So that was my hometown where okay. I grew up, went to high school, fell in love with running. Um, my high school coach was one of the marshals out on the course, and a lot of the people that I went to high school were like volunteers. And People have been asking me to come to that race since the inauguration of that race 10 years ago. Oh, and it's cool. been on my break from track. Like it's always, it's usually um, earlier in the year and it's usually always right after Fifth Avenue or whatever my last race is. So I just, I've never gone. Um, but the seed was planted in my head for maybe doing a fall or winter marathon um, before that. And so I thought that let's see how this race goes and see if I can like touch on my goal marathon pace with, I had just come off of a break and the timing of it this year was basically one year or excuse me, one week into a new training block. And yeah, so we just, we went home and I gave it a try and it was, it was fun. I was able to push pretty hard. I wasn't fit. So I, I felt like I was so sick afterwards. I got tempo tummy so bad. Oh gosh. 
I just wasn't used to like fueling and early morning racing. That's been the worst part about marathon training for me is the early morning stuff. It's not my favorite. (laughs) Oh yeah. You track runners are used to racing at like 7 PM. Yeah. Like sleeping in, eating, resting, jogging. Yeah. It's, it's a totally different animal and I'm not by nature. I'm not a morning person. So, um, that's been the hardest part, but that first one, yeah, it went okay. I mean, for, for very little experience and very little training, I thought it went pretty well. Um, and then the one on Sunday, I, again, I don't really know what these times mean or Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what it indicates for my marathon fitness because they're just, they're like special circumstances around them. But Sunday was very hilly, Mm. um, and in Fort Collins, Colorado. So altitude. So I don't know, but it was a course record and there's been some pretty fast people that have run it. Um, you know, some two thirty marathoners. So I thought, Oh, that lines up. And lots of people run it as their tune-up for Cal. So almost all the top runners on the men's side and women's side are getting ready for Cal. And so there was a lot of talk on the cool down about the conversion and the calculation and how, what that means for your marathon pace. So that got me kind of excited. Um, can you share what that calculation and conversions were? <laughs> I, well, my goal was to run marathon pace. So okay. I averaged 540-something, okay. 75 minutes. That would be 230. Yeah. Um, but we were told by several other coaches that it's um, a couple minutes faster. That's exciting. Yeah, so who knows? We'll see. I, I mean, mean, it's definitely a confidence booster, um, but I don't know. Hey, friends. A quick break here to thank Prevenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. You all know I love Prevenex so very much. Prevenex is where I get all of my nutrition supplements, my protein powder, my kids' vitamins, multivitamins. And you can save 20% and help those in need. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know how much I love them. And if you haven't tried them yet, if you've been on the sideline and thought maybe I should try it but haven't yet, this is the perfect time to do so. Even if you're someone who has tried their products, now you can get an even bigger discount. The normal discount we offer with this podcast is 15% off. And right now, Prevenex is running its largest sale of the year for Black Friday, where you can save 20% on all orders of any product. And to top it off, Prevenex will donate a bottle of its children's multivitamin to a child in need with every single purchase. Seriously, so many people have reached out and say they have more energy, their joints feel better, and there have been so many health benefits from Prevenex products, which makes me so happy. I really encourage you to give it a try. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code BF2021 through this Sunday. So that's Sunday, November 28th. So this is a short window here. Go to Prevenex.com. Use the code BF2021 through Sunday, the 28th of November, and you'll get 20% off your entire order. All right, friends, back to my conversation with Sarah. What do the nerves feel like going into this compared to like a big, you know, championship race or something like that. Like you're so used to doing trials and events in those shorter distances. Like this is just a whole nother situation. I was pretty nervous on Sunday, even though it was kind of a low key tune up. And I just kept telling myself, Oh, it's just a long run with Mm -hmm. friends. And I was on the line with a bunch of people from Boulder that I've been training with a lot. And that's how I'm going to think of Cal. There's going to be a big Boulder contingency and a lot of the men that I've been training with and a couple of the other women from Boulder are going to be there on the line. And 
I'm just going to think of it as a really long run with friends um, and hope to get competitive in the second half. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's weird because in so many ways I feel very green. Like I feel like I've had to practice all these things that I don't normally think about or care about, like fueling and, you know, I spilled sticky stuff all over myself every, <laughs> every week that I practice trying <laughs> all this stuff. That's just, yeah, I just hadn't thought about. So, um, yeah, in a lot of ways I feel very green, which is nice because I'm like, well, no matter how it goes, if I finish and if it's decent, I'm going to be happy with it. But if I'm really honest, yeah, I, I think I have some pretty big goals. So talk to us about that fueling aspect because yeah, training for the 15, you don't really have to worry about that at all. So what did you guys landed on as far as nutrition? So I really, I really like the scratch products. They're a local Boulder company and I've used their, um, hydration mixes and electrolyte mixes forever. They're pretty natural, you know, they're like fruit derived. And, um, I love their like energy chews, like when you're bonking and I've used those forever and I've, been fortunate enough to um, be able to meet with like their head nutritionist and one of the founders, um, Alan Lim, and he's and I use their cookbooks as well. So I just feel really integrated. So by chance, a couple of years ago, I think they came out with a super fuel product for like marathoners essentially, and I tried it and it it, it sits really well in my tummy. I have not had any nausea. Knock on wood. It's just super sticky and thick. And so the actual like process of getting it into my mouth and into my stomach has been the hardest part. So that'll be in your bottles. Yeah, that'll be in my bottles. And then yeah, figuring out like race morning stuff, um, breakfast and everything. That's been a little tough too. I had a really upset tummy on Sunday morning before the race. I was fine during the race. Um, do you think part of it was nerves? Maybe. I think it was more just like, I'm not used to being up that early and shoving things down my throat. Mm -hmm. Like I was trying to hydrate and coffee and like all this, all this stuff and like sugary, like I was eating a stroop waffle plus like the hydration sugary stuff. And I think it was just sugar overload. So my plan is to, I'll practice it one more time, but to get up even earlier, um, for the marathon and try to get like more of a starchy breakfast in like, I don't know, like a, like a bagel or some bread or toast or something. And hopefully that helps. What is the start time for CIM? I believe it's 7.30. Oh, that's really early. Mm-hmm. And then that's an hour. Oh, it's, I guess it'll feel like an hour later, right? Yep. So it'll be like 8.30 at home. Yeah. Okay. So is Brent going with you? Yeah, he is. And he will be along the course. We haven't decided if he's renting a bike or what. But it's nice because we have some friends there um, and they're they've been kind of helping him devise a plan. So we don't know what that plan is yet, but he's got, he's got people in his corner to help him (laughs) along the course as well. Yeah. I don't know much about spectating at CIM. Like, is it a, do you do any loops or do you go out? It's point to point. Point to point. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I didn't think about. I actually, when I, after my first half marathon decided to pull the trigger on registering for this race, I went to the website and signed up online, paid the full. Hold on a second. Whoa. You, you paid to run this race. Well, the, I just love, they reimbursed me. Okay, I, good. I was going to say. Sarah, what are you doing? And I had to pay a late fee and everything because it was, I just didn't, I didn't think about bottles. I didn't think about point to point. I'm probably going to need a shuttle. I didn't think about gear check. I just was like, I'm going to run a marathon. Sure. Sign up online, <laughs> type in my name. Here's my credit card. And I was just, I was fine with that. Did they but reach out to you? No, I emailed the race director and I was like, cause Brent was like, dude, you need bottles. You need like, you're going to need nutrition on the course. You don't want to be 
grabbing paper, water cups. I mean, if you don't have to. So I emailed them and she was, the lady was like, Sarah, you could have just reached out. <laughs> so they were giving me hotel and everything. Okay, good. Normal elite athlete, which I'm super grateful for, even though I had no credentials you to sign up for that. this race. But they're being really gracious. And so, yeah. So uh, I don't know where I was going with that. The point to point, <laughs> point to point course. That was one of the things she was like, oh yeah, we also provide shuttle service from the hotel to the start line. And I was like, yeah, I hadn't even hadn't even crossed my mind how I was going to get to the start line. So um, I'm glad other people know what they're doing. That's <laughs> hysterical. I cannot believe that you actually registered for the race. Um, do you know, like, do you have a lineup of what other elites are going to be there? They have not done any sort of press release. Okay. Um, those other elites. I know Molly Grable is going to be there from Boulder. Okay. And Haruni, um, another woman who trains here in Boulder, that's all I know of for the elite women, but I'm sure there's others. I just yeah. haven't seen any sort of press release. They haven't let us know. Yeah. And I feel like CIM is one of those races where like people kind of like come out of the woodwork. Like, who are you? Where did you come from? Like, you know, Emma Bates debuted the marathon there and won it. It's like, I think it's a race that people like to debut and you, you hear about names through this race. So that's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's the same day as the U.S. half marathon champs. So I think it's a little bit competing with the same athletes, but, um, but I'm okay with that. I think it'll be competitive enough that it'll be, it'll be perfect for my first one. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, and also plenty of males that will be up there with you guys to, to keep you company. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's also excites me is that it is a mass start. So there should be, um, I think, I think there's going to be a large group of people trying to run basically two thirty pace. Yeah. A lot of people probably trying to break that barrier. Yeah. Exactly. Um, tell us about Boulder Underground. Uh, they're an awesome, energetic, super sweet group of people. Like I don't. So Matt Hensley is the coach, and he, um, you know, we've been friends with him for a long time. He actually lived in our basement for a short stint. Mm. Um, of but course. He's super, super sweet, and uh, we love him. And he's been so gracious letting me join them. Um, so he's not coaching me. Brent still is, but um, they are just really inclusive of counting me in their long runs and helping me, you know, nutrition wise on long runs every weekend. Plus like the social aspect. They're just, I don't know, like I need to ask Matt, I don't know if he hand curated each person in this group, but they are the coolest group of individuals. Like there's not one negative person. They are all so fun. Even in at the end, 18 miles into a 20 mile long run, they're like, there's nobody else I want to be around. They're uh. just wonderful people. Like I, If you follow them online, or if you find their account on Instagram, you'll want to join them too. They're so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I saw, isn't Emma Cortez in the group? Yeah, Emma is. Yeah. Unfortunately, over half the group just got done running a marathon uh -huh. too, like in Chicago, Boston, and or New York. So um, they're all kind of, we're kind of off on timing. Yeah. But a lot of people are in Cal too, so yeah. Okay, what are you most excited about, about the distance, about the marathon? Um, I think I like road racing in general, like the vibe, the community aspect, the mass start, the seeing a ton of people on the start line. Like even on Sunday, there were only 1600 runners compared to however many thousand are going to be at Cal, but you just feel that like mass of humanity behind you and all the energy and the people and the spectators along the course. I just feel like it connects you to the running community in a way that track running really doesn't. And so, um, 
what did like rest look like for you? Because I saw your post where you were like, I loved this post, Sarah. You talked about like how you always have like these big goals and, and plans and all these things. And in the in between, you were trying to figure out like what does rest look like? And you said like love people, love God. And I love that so much because sometimes I feel a little bit lost when I don't have like a plan or a goal or something to look forward to. And mm-hmm. so I'm just curious, like how do you – like in that in-between stage, like what did you do and how did you feel at peace? Uh, that's a great question because, you know, running is my social outlet as well. You know, I'm not going out to the bars around town or like Brent and I aren't, you know, like party animals. Like we definitely like running is my social outlet. So when, when I'm resting, truly resting, um, you know, I guess it's okay to take a break from that stuff too, like always being engaged with people. And I I talk a lot about like having a finite amount of emotional energy. And when you're working and when you're running and trying to be a good friend and a mom, like you meet your end, your capacity. Um, I don't know. I I meet it pretty quickly. Like some days I'm like, it's two o'clock and I'm done. I need to like go hide in my room for a minute. So I guess just taking a break from all aspects of running, traveling, racing, all of it is nice. I tend to do projects around the house to like have a creative outlet. Um, Every year I have, I paint something or tile something. That's sort of my release of energy when I'm truly taking a break. But, um, But I've also learned like maybe even this year that it's just truly okay to rest and reset and not be having to like go, go, go and do something all the time. Um, I remember when you were wallpapering and you like didn't order enough wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, that was like, that was my first, um, yeah, that was my first break project. And then like the rest of the room. Um, and then, yeah, we've done a few other things around the house. There's always something, as you know, pride of, of ownership and, and <laughs> always being a home, homeowner, it always has something to do. I don't know how though you do that being a realtor, like anybody listening, that's a realtor. I don't, I don't get it because I feel like I would go into every house that had something new or different or fun and just be like, Oh, we need to do that to our bathroom. Like, how do you, how do you control those emotions? (laughs) It's a huge occupational hazard to like walk in and be like, dang, I want to move again. And we did move. I think we talked about this. We moved like 10 times during our first 11 years of marriage or something like it was. And partly it was because of my job. But now that we do have a home that I hope is our forever home, I try to regulate it. I like try to keep it coming in as aspiration and inspiration and not like insecurity or jealousy. You know, it's all about reframing it. That's how I, that's how I deal with it. <laughs> Which is like actually su- such a good like life advice for teaching your kids as well. I was just reading this chapter in the book I'm reading right now. Um, for my parenting podcast, it's called 14 Talks Before Age 14 by Michelle Eichard. And um, the topic, the chapter I'm reading, I was reading it on the treadmill today. Do you read on the treadmill? Uh, no, I think I'd get nauseous. You run too fast. If you if you took it down to like... Audiobooks. Audiobooks. Okay. I'm like, I wonder if you run like an 830 mile and you make your font really big. That's how I, people always ask me, they're like, how do you read on the treadmill? I make the font big and I read like one paragraph and then I take a break uh-huh. and a minute later I read another, just like really slow. But anyway, it, it kill it kills time for me. It makes it go by faster. That's smart. 
Okay, so the book, the uh, the chapter's on money, and it's talking about, like, talking to your kids about money and, like, when they noticed other families have more things than you or go on more trips and things like that. And the most simple, simple lesson, I took a note. Let me write, let me just read exactly what it said. Uh, just, I want you to be smart about your personal choices, talking about money, but not get caught up about worrying about other people's choices. Set an example by being grateful for the things you already have, not sad about the things you don't. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, we got to model that for our kids because if they hear me talking about how I want this other stove or whatever so often, they're going to just like carry that over to, you know, I want these shoes or whatever it is. It's hard though. It is hard. I mean, parent, it's, I know it's like this everywhere, but I, I talk about Boulder a lot and parenting in Boulder and there's like, there's a pretty high concentration of wealth here. Yeah. And there's definitely people that we rub elbows with on a daily basis who have a lot more than we do. And our kids see that, you know, they, it's, it's just obvious. I mean, our 15 year old, it has her learner's permit and she's saving up to buy my husband's very old leaf that has over uh, has almost 200,000 miles on it. And she's pretty excited about that. But then she just got a friend who, you know, got a brand new Audi or whatever. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah. So that's a good lesson. And it's, I feel like we have an opportunity, like we, meaning my husband and I have an opportunity almost daily to reinforce that one. Yeah. And the other thing is that she talked about in the book is like, just setting it all out there for them so that they understand that you don't always know the backstory of these other families and things like that, generational wealth or what, you know, just whatever, whatever might be a part of their life. And it's not really your business either, but just like setting the groundwork so that they understand that everybody's situation is different. Absolutely. Um, what do you charge her for that car? Like, what do you charge your kid for your old car? the Kelly blue book Valium. Oh, nice. I think Brent's going to give her a little bit of a discount, but she's smart. She negotiated also that he has to deliver it to her fully detailed because it is a disaster. Oh, that's good. And it's disgusting and it smells funny. And so she's like, I'll buy your car for the price you say, but you need to like professionally detail it. Heck Yeah, that's so, so good. I love it. Okay, Sarah. Um, another thing I noticed you've recently done is you officiated your brother's wedding. When did you become like, what do you have to do to do that? Not much. (laughs) Um, yeah, you take, you, you pay a few dollars online. Um, I mean, (laughs) spiritually I've been working on it for a long time and it's actually the second, um, wedding I officiated. I've officiated, uh, some friends of ours got married um, since Kalia was a baby and she's 11. So they, you know, approximately 11 and a half years ago, they got married. Um, uh, my brother and his fiance asked me to do it a couple of months before, maybe six months before. And I just wanted to take it really seriously. And I don't know that I think that they asked me probably thinking that I would let them off the hook in a way and just stand up there and give a little speech and marry them. But I was like, no, you're going to read this book and you're going to check in with me about this. And I'm going to ask you all these questions and like really prepare them for marriage because my record so far is two for two. There's, Love it. You know, they're still married. I'm like, you guys aren't going to screw this up. So we're going to do our homework. So yeah. Um, but it was really fun. Um, what book did you have them read? Love languages, the, the five love languages. Uh-huh. Is um, that Gary Chapman? It's Gary Chapman. I mean, anything by Gary Chapman, but that's what I had them start with. And then I did had them read a lot of scripture um, and just gave them a lot of Bible assignments um, to prepare. So 
Yeah, I think the five love languages, though, every couple should read that, but also parents should read that. Mm. It's so good to apply those. I actually think he might have another book. I don't know. Or if he if he wrote one or somebody has adapted it to children's love languages, which is pretty awesome. I've actually never and I'm a big reader. I've never read any of his stuff. I think it's one. it's pretty intuitive while you're reading it, but it's so nice to just see it all laid out. And for me, I mean, we read it decades ago, but I feel like I learned a lot about myself as well. Yeah. Okay. So what is your, what is your marriage advice, Sarah? Um, we'll read that book. Okay. Over communicate. Over communicate. Yes. I was just talking about that on another episode for why is everyone yelling? Yeah. Um, start counseling before you need it. Um, you know, before you're in crisis, uh, be really humble and identify, your own stuff that you because eventually if you don't deal with your own stuff, it's going to show up in your relationship one way or the other. Um, yeah. I mean, make time for yourself too. You know, my husband and I haven't been super deliberate about this all these years because we've always had running together, mm-hmm. but we've realized too, I think, especially this year that like having time together, having a deliberate date night, that's not just running together, but sitting down and like being a couple and being romantic and, you know, like hanging out and not talking about the kids or running. Um, that's been really important for us this year. I really struggle with that because anytime we get alone and like go out to dinner or something, I always end up talking about my business and stuff. And it's like, oh, what a bore. Like he doesn't want to hear about that. But then we're like, it just ends on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, we do the same thing. And, but, but we like sometimes, I mean, it, sounds not very romantic but sometimes we actually put time limits on things like sometimes we have a date night and I'm like we need to talk about the weekend Saturday soccer game so let's get these and let's check those boxes and like maybe even set a timer to talk 10 minutes about running and then now let's like (laughs) tell me about your day and like make it a little more um spontaneous after that but it's okay to check those boxes too I mean if that's what you have to use the first half hour of your date night for then that's fine Yeah. I love that. It's like getting the business out of the way. But then I'm like, what are your hopes and dreams? Like, what do you want to do in five years? (laughs) Lindsay, we just downloaded this paired app. Um, It's for couples. I think we bought like the premium thing, but it asks you these questions and it makes it much less awkward to like start a conversation when when you're so used to like the daily mundane conversations and then like shift into something like that can be kind of awkward. And my husband and I have been married forever. Like, I should know his hopes and dreams by now, but like these conversations or the, the app, the questions that they ask, it's, um, we found it helpful. Oh, that is fun. And I feel like that could be really fun. Um, maybe not like, I don't know how like couple specific it is, but that could be something fun for like a dinner party too. Like yeah. just to make sure, cause sometimes, you know, when you're at parties or wherever, like for, or I mean, small example, but like when I ran into you at the Sir Walter Mile at the dinner and we were talking about kitchen renovations and stuff like that. Like there's a time and a place for like that small surface level talk. But like sometimes when you're at a real dinner and you're going to be with these people for three hours, like you just want to talk about things that matter a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. Tell us and and then we'll get going. How's the partnership with Ann Mother and Kate and Shay going? Oh, it's amazing, man. I, um, I was just thinking about them on my run this morning. I need to touch base because we haven't, spoken in a little bit, but, um, I hope that it continues into the future. I don't know what, you know, what their plans are, but I think both of our, our meaning mine and like them as a, as a group and a, and an organization are 
voices amplify each other. And I really appreciate the work that they're doing with other women in other sports and other industries. And I just like, am so happy to stay aligned with them. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope that we continue to work together. And you've probably said this before on a podcast somewhere with me, but in case anybody's new to the conversation with you, Sarah, um, what is your encouragement to a mom who is trying to like do all the things? Maybe they're not running 110 miles a week like you and showing houses, but like in their life, it's all the things. It's their own all the things. What's your message to that person? Right. Um, I think in a nutshell, my message is that we can't all be perfectly balanced at any point in our lives. You know, it's okay to switch hats and and switch focus. And um, me for for right now, the mileage is adding up and the fatigue is setting in. And I think to myself, oh, this isn't sustainable, which is so true, but it's not permanent, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing this thing that's really heavily tilted this one way for three more weeks. And then I'm going to do this other thing, you know, I'm going to go to Napa for three days with my husband, not work and focus on, you know, that for a few days and then probably have to get back to work after that. (laughs) So, you know, uh, just, it's okay to switch hats and sort of, you know, as I say, be lopsided. I love it. Um, Sarah, I'm so, so excited for you. I cannot wait to see what you do at CIM. Thank you. I'm excited too. All (laughs) right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks, Lindsay. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. I hope you had a really great Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanks, Sarah, for coming on the show. You all can find Sarah on Instagram. She is S-M-E-V-A-U-G-H-N over there. You can find me personally on Instagram. I'm lindsayhines626. Check out sandyboyproductions.com to learn more about the other shows in our podcast network. And uh, you can find Sandy Boy on Instagram as well, sandyboyproductions.com. We are so grateful that you're here. Don't forget to check out Prevenex while they have this 20% off offer going. Prevenex.com BF2021 through this Sunday, November 28th for 20% off your order. And Gooder.com slash another, another 15. That'll get you 15% off Gooder Shades. Check them out. Friends, I'm thankful for you. I couldn't do this if you didn't listen. This couldn't be my job. And so for every single one of you who listens, I am forever grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we'll see you next Friday.